thanks for listening to the inaugural episode of the St. Vincent de Paul Centennial Series of Podcasts. I'm Gary Scheip here with Miria Munoz-Roach. She is the Associate Director at St. Vincent de Paul, Seattle, King County. And Miria, thank you so much for uh, sharing time with us today. And yeah, Centennial, St. Vincent de Paul, Seattle, King County, a centennial coming up? That is correct. Thank you, Gary, for having me here today. Yes, St. Vincent de Paul has been in mission uh, for close to 100 years. 2020 is 100 years of service to you the know, poor. That sounds so odd for some people, 100 years of anything in Seattle. We can't <laughs> haven't been around that long. But yeah, 1920, uh, Seattle was just kind of really starting to grow after uh, you know a series of events. The Alaska-Yukon exhibition had been here. And so, yeah, it was becoming a real city. And so St. Vincent de Paul has had a footprint for 100 years now. And, and one of the pieces of that footprint is uh, relatively new compared to the 100 years, right? <laughs> uh, Centro Rindu, and I, I think we want to talk about that today, Centro Rindu, one of your programs in the Latin American community. If you can tell us, Miria, about that, uh, we'd love to hear about it. Thank you. Yes, so um, like you said, we're going to be celebrating 100 years. Six years ago, our council, which is all of our neighborhood conferences coming together as a body in King County, recognized that there was a movement to South King County uh, and a growth um, of the Latino-Hispanic community. And so St. Vincent de Paul uh, made a commitment to walk with the Latino community in uh, in our area. So Central Rindu started about six years ago, and we've been serving a 1,000 families plus every year ever since. A 1,000 families a year, and... Again, let's go back to that why. I mean, why was this necessary? And, and as we get into the what, I guess it, it'll be the same kind of question, mm-hmm. what you do for these families and the why uh, St. Vincent de Paul found this hole in the community to fill. Well, Gary, so part of what uh, the core of the work of St. Vincent de Paul is going into homes. And we do 15,000 home visits every year. And in those homes, you encounter families and, and you listen and you see, and you see trends. And we saw the trends. We saw people moving to South King County. We saw the Latino Hispanic community growing. And because we do, although we're not part of the institutional church, we do have a seat at the table. And we see, we see that the uh, commitment of the Latino community uh, culturally um, and their connection with the Catholic Church is strong. And so, uh, under the umbrella of Saint Vincent de Paul, we saw that we could have an impact and be able to help um, the uh, these families in need. And how big is that Latino-Hispanic community in King County? And then, like you said, in South King County, it is particular. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys look at, I don't know, census data and find the real numbers and the real need like that? Or, or do you just kind of, you saw the trend, but mm-hmm. do you really dig in and find the right. exact things you need to know? Right, so three things. So we see it on our home visits. So we see it on the ground, and that informs our work for sure. We also look at data, and uh, in King County, we're talking about 9% of the population in King County is Hispanic. But when you dig, dig deeper, you see that in South King County, you have 18 to 37%. So it's even a larger, you know. Well, that's that's really a big chunk that is of, of one sort of demographic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then the third thing we do is we listen to the community. So in, six years ago, we went out and listened to the community, and we asked them, you know, what are the needs? You know, if we open some services, our thrift store in Kent, would you come? And they said we would come to St. Vincent de Paul. 
they some of them were hesitant to go into agencies or even the schools. Uh, they didn't feel comfortable or welcome. They uh, there's this uh, trust is a big big part of <laughs> trust trust does have to be overcome doesn't it yes. and, and as you sort of hinted at this before being part of i mean the latino community certainly has a, a big history with uh, catholicism as part of their history and being saint vincent de paul does that break down that first barrier of trust that that helps uh, someone to say yeah I, I can talk with these folks whereas maybe i can't go to a legal agency or something exactly. because of that a couple of barriers i guess is the language as well right mm-hmm. And that is correct. The Latino community faces two uh, realities. One is the uh, generational poverty and also uh, coming in as new immigrants. So and the ELL, you know, piece of it. Right. So um, so sometimes it is a language barrier and other times it's just generational poverty that causes people to lose trust in the systems that have not been there to support them. So for them to be able to get services right where they shop at their thrift store was a very low barrier. And uh, the first thing we did was um, hire somebody from the community. And that was uh, a welcoming face and would welcome them uh, at the store. So um, they said we would do that. And we did that. That's how we started. And uh, now we are also working with uh, the, the schools because our family engagement program has grown as a result of families coming and feeling welcome, that sense of trust, that they can come as they are, and that we can grow together. And it's in the thrift store that St. Vincent de Paul runs in the Kent area and Renton too, right now? Right. So we started in Kent, and then now we are also inside a Renton store, and we have a hub in our Burien store. Um, and of course, we have five stores across King County, and we provide services if, out of all of those. And we have a, uh, the third largest food bank in the city of Seattle in our Georgetown campus, and we have services there as well. Well, let's get right to those uh, the problems Central Rindo is addressing for those folks, and then how someone gets those services. So we started with uh, two, two days uh, a month with uh, a legal clinic. And um, people just come and get their questions answered, and that was very helpful. Um, the second piece of our work that we started was we collaborate, and we still collaborate. We have a great partnership with the Mexican consulate. And the Mexican consulate has a program that is for literacy. And uh, it's, um, it, it's, a, it's a program that serves everyone, not just the Mexican community. And uh, we just help people with education, adult education, and that the other component is uh, case management. So we do culturally responsive um, social services, and I just try to connect folks with uh, resources. There's lots of resources out there, but not all of them speak to the cultural needs or they don't know how to access them. So we serve as a bridge. So, yeah, serve as a bridge. That's a great way to put it. You sort of can point them in the right direction mm-hmm. of, of what they may need and not know that, that this is available. And sometimes we just have to hold her hand for a little while, you know, so that that connection as a bridge is not only pointing them in the right direction, but, but walking with them until they can stand on their own. And so, I don't know, so who are those folks? I mean, is this, uh, talk about data as you you decided you needed, are, who are the folks that are actually using this? Do you keep track of that? Who are the, the folks? Is it families, young families, people who have been here a long time, people who are undocumented, people who are, I don't know, 
Mm-hmm. I can, I'll let you answer the who. Yes. I guess I've thrown out <laughs> enough questions. You can answer one of them or yes. all of them. Well, um, actually, we serve everyone. So St. Vincent de Paul does not look at, um, you know, color or religion or, you know, level of education or legal status. We serve everyone. And so currently we definitely do have, we have great data. We serve um, a lot of, a lot of the folks we see actually are young moms because we also provide childcare services. So we're trying to break all the barriers towards education. And so we have our programs and we provide, we have a staffed um, childcare or child watch room. And so we do end up seeing a lot of young mothers, but we've had older women too, who, and older men and younger men, um, who uh, just sometimes they've come to shop and they've seen what we offer. They come in, they ask questions and they say, you know, it's never too late for me to go back to school. Mm. Mm-hmm. So getting a GED preparation, that kind of thing, um, legal services you mentioned, just computer literacy, teaching yep. someone that. Exactly. Uh, how about um, pathway to citizenship? If someone has been here a long mm-hmm. time, they said, oh, I, I do kind of want to do that. But again, getting the trust <laughs> overcome with the language difference and sometimes the fear of the unknown, yeah. going to a, through the first step uh, of a legal thing downtown Seattle, at Centro Rendo, mm-hmm. they can find out and get those questions answered. Mm-hmm. And that's correct. I'm actually part of uh, the Access to Justice, you know, community, if you will, and that some of the uh, desire of, uh, of folks who work in that field is to ensure that there's greater access. And you're right, when people... Are, when people are new and you say, well, go to downtown Seattle, there's no parking or there's parking that is unaffordable. And then you have to kind of navigate through either that system or other systems. Central and Do is there on the th- at the thrift shop, you know, with folks from the community in their native language ready to make all the right connections. Um, and so that's one thing that we do with regards to the education. I think it's very important to highlight that a lot of folks know that they should complete their GED. That's kind of a known fact. You should do that. They come in and then they say, I need to finish that. They go into community colleges saying, hey, I need to finish that. We have great partnerships with several community colleges in the area. And uh, Gary, when I started this work, I did not know that the failure rate nationwide for GED completion was 90%. That means that folks are coming in and not completing their GED. And we started asking the question, why not? What's happening? And do we have to turn things upside down, right? Or turn it around, yeah. you know? And want that only to be 10%, not 90%. Exactly. And uh, in, uh, in what I've seen is that folks need, they know that they should go back to school. They go, but they're not ready to do the rigorous work of a GED program because unfortunately, they didn't have the opportunity to go through formal education or complete it in their country of origin. So some of them might have a third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade education. And so what we do with our programming collaboration with the Mexican consulate is we, um, we evaluate people, we meet them where they're at, and we encourage them to complete their education at the level they're capable of. But then we've also created a system where we walk with people to support them with their barriers, but also to let them know what steps to take next and next in order to complete their GED or a new program that's called 21 plus. If you're 21 years of age or older, you're able to also get your high school diploma. Well, it sounds like you're really getting success out of these folks one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Their individualized help that you're giving these folks. I mean, let's go to that. How do you uh, 
I don't know, you must measure the outcome Rind, mm-hmm. of what Central Rindo is doing, right? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? And, and, and you've been around six years or so now. Can you tell us how it's been going? Yes, thank you for that question because it's very important for us to have outcomes. Um, other programs, even the GED, how it's set up, I mean, the um, those who get funding for that, the funding comes um, through ensuring that you have people coming in the door. But for us, we want to make sure that we are measuring outcomes. Who are those that complete, that graduate, that move on? Uh, it is our community, and we want to serve them well, and we want to see those outcomes. So we we just just last weekend we had about seventy people come through and celebrate, you know, their graduation from various programs. We um, we do celebrate the uh, smaller accomplishments as well. I mean, completing your high school diploma is a it's a long-term goal if you just started, you know, in first grade or second grade. We do have people in the community who don't know how to read and write in Spanish as it is. So when I hear people saying, well, don't people want to learn English? Shouldn't they know English? And I'm like, yes, they should. They want to. But we all, sometimes we have to start at step one, which is ensuring that they know how to read and write in Spanish. Wow. So That's well, <laughs> something a lot of people, I bet, have never stopped to think about, Miria. Yes. <laughs> what a great program. Um, so much of this, uh, people can learn more, right, online at, at uh, St. Vincent de Paul's website. And I think we should throw that out right now before we forget. SVDP, St. Vincent de Paul, Seattle, svdpseattle.org, right? And there, Central Rindo has its own section there, right? And people can find out a lot more about it and your locations, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the also components of this program that I see on there that I find fascinating. Leadership development is written in there. How, how does someone, like you said, we've been talking about some people starting from scratch almost, but you'd like to see not just being able to stand on their own, being a leader and bring other people along. What does leadership development look like at Centro Rendo? Yes, so we um, we believe that the community can heal itself. Uh-huh, yeah. And uh, just recently I heard someone speak about, you know, it, it does take a village to raise a child, but we need to create the village. So part of the work that we're doing is really truly providing opportunities for people to find themselves to work out of, you know, sort of a strength-based perspective. You know, find who you are, find what you're able to do and, and how to contribute. And to be honest, Gary, you know, everybody wants to contribute. Everybody wants to feel useful. And sometimes all it is is we need to create the opportunity for people to demonstrate that and to have and to just create the access. And we do have that responsibility, all of us who are privileged and folks like um, us here today, but also organizations like St. Vincent de Paul and others. We owe it to others to ensure that we are creating access and opportunity. And so right now we work uh, in several uh, school districts and we have a parent ambassador program. And part of the work that we're doing is bringing to them opportunities to serve. Centro and Do is really founded on the strength of the community. So we, everybody that is a volunteer or that is a staff has come from the community. And so we just, uh, you know, look around, see what assets are in the community and put people to work. <laughs> that is really cool. That makes it homegrown. Like you said, you've given this opportunity and then it really is the community Building that village, as as you said, uh, that's that's really nice to hear about the future. What what plans are there for Central Rindu? Um, I don't know. In the next several years, that you've started in Kent, 
renting, uh, burying that. So the thrift mm-hmm. stores, but what are the, I don't know, do you guys have a five-year plan or something mm-hmm. like that that you call it? Yes. Uh, actually, we do have a five-year plan. Oh, right. I got one. <laughs> <laughs> and part of it is, you know, we are getting, um, we have a lot of interest growing in the uh, schools. Obviously, um, Latino communities are big into families, so we do serve the whole family. And we have um, an early learning program that we're about to launch called De Colores. And that, that's for families with children um, zero to five. We also have an at-risk youth program called Reroute, and we work to prevent uh, involvement in gang activity. Um, we um, also um, continue to work in the space of family engagement in the schools. And that, that's very important for the schools because the schools know that they cannot do it alone. 55% of the time uh, of the day, the kids are not in school. Um, they, they need to, we need to be in partnership. And so for us to be able to provide more resources for um, the, uh, the adults in the family, that's very important for us. So in our five-year plan, we foresee, you know, if we can get the, the right funding to be able to uh, place some coordinators in different areas to coordinate those relationships, you know, and grow, um, just, just grow that partnership uh, between the parents and the schools. Wow, that, that really does sound like a great uh, collaboration because yes, the schools they want to see all those kids succeed, and, and the parents want to see their children succeed. And St. Vincent de Paul wants to see that those children and the community grow and, and flourish. That's awesome. We've been talking today with Miria Munoz Roach. She is the associate director at St. Vincent de Paul, Seattle King County, talking about their Central Rindu program in South King County at the thrift stores. Right. Uh, give those locations again for folks. Yes, so we have um, a site at our Kent thrift store in the corner of Central and Smith. We have a site in our rent and stored on Rainier, 575 Rainier. <laughs> we have a hub in Burien. We have our Georgetown uh, location with our food bank and a couple of other sites where you can access services from St. Vincent de Paul. Um, we definitely, I also wanted to say, Gary, that we have had interest beyond King County for a central and do model. And so we're working with the St. Vincent de Paul in Pierce County and in Snohomish to just share what we've learned in the last five, six years. And uh, in other areas of the country who have a St. Vincent de Paul have reached out and say, you know, we would like to do something like this. Well, that says a lot about what the success really is and what St. Vincent de Paul and uh, a program like Central Rindu can do. Uh, serving the, the Hispanic community, immigrant families through education, leadership, development, and opportunities. That's what you really said, Miria. I, I really like that. Anything else you want to say? Uh, contact information again one more time before we wrap up? Well, we, uh, we do have a number that is available to the community in Isa line that answers in Spanish. Oh. And that's 253-499-42. Four, five. Say that again. People just got their pencil or they're rewinding <laughs> here. So 253-499-4245. That's a line that we answer in Spanish, and it's a resource for the community. But if folks have questions about our program, they can also email us directly to centralrendu at svdpseattle.org, and that's central, C-E-N-T-R-O, rendu, R-E-N-D-U, at SVDP, same as in the poll, Seattle.org. And I just want to say, Gary, that um, Rendu is really named after uh, the co-founder of the Society of Same as in the Poll. 
Oh, so this is more than 100 years old of history we're talking. <laughs> yes. Uh, in the 1800s, we had this uh, young man named uh, Frederick Ozenham, and he was 19 years old. And he imagined a society back in the time, you know, of, uh, I tell my kids, remember the movie La Miserable? Well, it was a tough time in history. And at that point, Frederick Ozenham and some buddies of his in his, in his college, uh, the Sorbonne, were looking at, you know, how do we create a better society, a more inclusive society, a more compassionate society? And out of that, not only was the Society of St. Vincent de Paul, you know, formed, but it was through the collaboration with uh, Rosalie Rendu, who at that time was, you know, probably 52, serving the poorest of the poor in um, in France. And, uh, you know, she said one thing that's very, very important to us. And not only did she say, well, she said two things that are very important for us. One, she said, hunt down poverty to give humanity its dignity. And so that is something that for us at Central Rendu, same as in Nepal, is our North Star. So we are here with the Latino community in partnership to protect and defend and walk with families as they uh, reach their full capacity. And the second thing that Rosalie Rendu said, and she was a daughter of charity, she said, you must study their abilities, their level of education, and try to get them work to help them out of their difficulties. So for us really is encountering people where they're at and walking with them. And so I just wanted to share that piece of information because it really is our North Star. That's beautiful because um, from 19th century France to 21st century uh, King County, the mission hasn't changed. And and what you're doing with St. Vincent de Paul and Central Rindu is is beautiful and encapsulates the human uh, spirit. Thank you. And you're right. And we feel like, you know, with our centennial coming, uh, there's no better time than now to be part of St. Vincent de Paul. We were needed, you know, 200 years ago, and we're needed more than ever right now in King County. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. You've said so much today, Miria. We've been talking to Miria Munoz-Roach, the Associate Director of Seattle, King County, St. Vincent de Paul, on our inaugural podcast of St. Vincent de Paul's Centennial Series of Podcasts. Miria, thank you so much for sharing Central Rindu with us. Thank you, Gary.